there was that that gap between say them saying you know well, we're doing it but it doesn't really have an impact on our business it's just kind of this top of funnel thing that's maybe happening on instagram more people are maybe engaging with us uh, but not really converting um and, and then ultimately saying well how about we bring this to the website where people are already in that maybe middle of funnel consideration stage they already heard about your brand they've clicked on you know the link to come to your website and now are there and now you know if they see that live stream there Hello, hello, and uh, I'm excited today because we have the amazing, um, over-so-intelligent, over-so-excitable Amr Abu-Kajil joining us today. And Amr, before we go into anything, let me set this up, if you please. Amr is passionate about building things, from designing buildings in a past life in structural engineering to ideating, incubating, and launching startups. Amr's work has allowed him to be involved in developing strategic plans for an innovation ecosystem in Seattle, supporting multiple tech and healthcare startups during a stint at the CDL, aka the Creative Destructive Lab, as well as incubating and launching two startups at TTT Studios here, which I know him much for, and I'm excited to share about, holding an MBA from the University of British Columbia and a Master's of Applied Science from the University of Waterloo. His knowledge enables him to solve business problems backed by strong technical expertise. Emmer is a natural entrepreneur who is driven by his passion for innovation and entrepreneurship and a desire to experiment. Amr, welcome for joining us today. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. Well, you know what? I, I, I have Set a first question. Here. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, great definitely. to be here, man. It's great to be here. So I have a first question. This one's, this one's important, okay? And it's not on yeah. the list of, of prepared questions. UBC versus Waterloo. Which one's the best? Oh. Uh, I think I have to go UBC. You know what? I love Waterloo. I spent more time in Waterloo. But like UBC, when you get into that campus, there's just that just when you walk around campus, it's a totally different, uh, wonderful place. Uh, it's just magical. Yeah. Very nice. I Very mean, nice. even when I moved here, I was like, I got to do UBC. Got to, got to get back into school. Well, good to know. Good to know. Though I got to yeah. say, I mean, we've we've hired a couple of co-ops from Waterloo recently, and they're freaking fantastic. So I mean, obviously, the legend yeah. of Waterloo, well, you know, pro the promise is definitely there. Um, let's yeah, uh, yeah. let's let, let's let them make more billionaires and maybe build a bigger campus. So uh, so we can we yeah, can compete it. in that on that front too. But thank you. So <laughs> tell you what, what is it that you do? What do you do at TTT? Um, and uh, how did you start working here? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I mean, maybe get started a little bit with maybe how, with how I started there. And, and sure. so um, when I finished my MBA, uh, I was kind of looking, scoping out some cool opportunities and seeing what's out there in the Vancouver ecosystem. Uh, TCT at the state that time was, uh, had been building a product idea or developing a product idea internally. Uh, and it was kind of a match made in heaven. We had met before at a few events. I mm -hmm. met, met Chris and, and Jose and, and a few other people. Um, and we had talked about this, you know, potential to bring this new product to market. Uh, and the new product was Amanda AI. Um, so initially, when I started TTT, really the the main focus was taking, you know, this one product idea that had already been uh, developed to some some level and taking it to market. Uh, you know, seeing can we actually build a business around this product? And um, for those who aren't familiar, though, the product we had was called Amanda AI, which is a facial recognition. Uh, application that we were using uh, initially to check people into offices, but kind of over time pivoted or, or transformed it into checking people into events uh, using facial recognition. Um, so that was really my kind of main, I'd say, focus at TTU when I started was really taking this product from, you know, idea 
uh, to kind of incubation to early early revenue and uh, gaining some get some traction with different events and conferences uh, across Canada. Uh, then obviously COVID happened, so the events industry was on a big pause and it is, mm. is to this day. Uh, and so my role at TC shifted. Uh, so I feel like before it was really focused on that one product, and and then it really uh, since COVID, it's been more on new product development as a whole. So we we said, you know, um, we we had this early success, let's say, with Amanda AI and our first product. You know, can we actually replicate this, or can we create a process around this and replicate this? Um, and that's really where where my role has been for the last year. We kind of moved in and created a new product development process. Um, and really since then, I've been looking at, uh, you know, new products and new ideas on mm -hmm. how can we replicate that success and then even go beyond that success uh, if we do it all in-house. Oh, very cool. Well, well can, I, can I just preface everything and say that we're really lucky uh, to have you uh, in, 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 in TTT. And, you know, I, we, we, I get to meet with you at least once a week to, to to discuss where we are and everything. And honestly, it's the one of those meetings I always look forward to because it's always unique. It always shows the progress. Um, and it also shows how much work you put into everything you do and how thoughtful and holistic it is. So uh, I, I just want to say, you know, this might be an internal podcast just as much as, you know, uh, out, outlook facing. Um, but I was super excited to talk to you because I really think the, the values of the lessons that you show us at TTT around product ideation, inception, and all that really need to be shared. And this is, I think, a great chance to, to share those, to share those lessons. So I appreciate, uh, um, oh, I appreciate this. Well, you know yeah. what, let's, let's go back because, I mean, we're talking about product ideation and everything. The CDL, you, you did some work with the CDL. Was that during your MBA? Yeah, so some of it was during the MBA. I mean, there's a creative instruction lab, of course, and the creative instruction lab, for those who know, uh, who don't know, sorry, is, uh, is an accelerator that's run uh, across Canada and now in the US, uh, where they bring in an, you know, a very select number of startups uh, and help them really get to, um, let's say, value inflection points as quickly as possible in a room that's filled with you know, world-class mentors, so that's how you can describe it. Um, as an MBA student, you know, we get to be a fly on the wall in those rooms uh, initially. Um, but the great thing for me is I, I was able to be involved, uh, especially through a, a, an honorary, honorarium or a scholarship program there to uh, be part of the team that supports the startups. Uh, and so we get matched with uh, about, I think, five startups at the time, uh, you know, across uh, health tech and, and general tech, let's say, that, that based on the, um, the startups that are based here in Vancouver. And uh, it was kind of exciting. And honestly, it really, it's the thing that got me, uh, you know, excited about starting, you know, our own product and working for our own product because, you know, I was working with five companies and for each one, we were doing something different. So I'd have a call with a founder, you know, in the morning talking about marketing and design and their brand colors. And maybe in the afternoon, I'd have like another call with like a med tech founder to talk about their financial modeling. Um, and I think for me, I mean, don't get me wrong, the MBA value clicked slightly before, but, but that was really kind of the, the first kind of, you know, point where I was like, oh, you know, I think I did learn some stuff at the, you know, in the MBA program at Solder. You know, I, I can I can kind of ta task hop between these uh, different, uh, you know, uh, business concepts uh, and actually add value to these founders uh, as they kind of go through this accelerator program. Mm -hmm. um, and that that was really kind of yeah, what also got me excited about you know the the early opportunity with TTT to realize that I can bring you know that that wider skill set to you know a singular product. Very, very cool. Well, I think, I mean, CDL, I know so many great companies who've gone through it, so many who have failed through it, but still proven to be mm -hmm. successful as well, which, which, cause I mean, it's highly competitive, right? Which I think is, which I think is unique, especially when you're, you're merging business, um, you know, business 
we'll talk about like some of the heavy hitters in, in the Canadian tech scene. And you combine that with school, which is a little more, you know, a little more theoretical, a little more egghead, and you marry it together with a highly competitive nature of startups that go through. And, you know, and, and I, I think it's just a wonderful, you know, it's, it's a very Canadian answer to, to startups, I yeah. think. Um, but, you know, I mean, I know, for example, I mean, we talk about, uh, you know, Chris, Chris Hartvigson, who I went to high school with, yeah. duly went through the program. They just announced an $80 million Series B, that's US, Series B round today. (laughs) Freaking fantastic. I love that. Like super excited for him um, and and, and Dooley and and for what it's going to bring to Vancouver. Because I mean, I think he's raised about the last B round or the A round was six months ago at another 20 million. Um, Do you have Mm. any, do you have any stories of any of the companies that you went through that maybe you can share? I I, I mean, I don't want to get into too much privacy, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, all the companies I I worked with, again, I think... uh, all of them have had an interesting impact. I, I don't really think I can single out any single one for like the work I was doing. It was just all um, like the cool, the great thing again about that program is just being able to work with the founders at this time when, you know, some of them, you know, quite often at that point haven't raised yet and are kind of at that that point where they're getting close to that point and just really need all the support they can get. Uh, um, you know, and, and I think that's really where, what we were there to do is really help them uh, with the things that, you know, they just, just needed kind of an, an extra set of eyes on or extra pair of eyes on um, as well. And, and I think for, for me, I mean, I mean, one of the startups I was working for um, had, had been doing, again, they were trying to, uh, to bring to market kind of a direct to consumer, a hearing aid. And I, I thought, you know, again, that was, mm. you know, for me, something I had never thought about, you know, again, in kind of this, like, let's say med tech, uh, but consumer space, let's say. And, and it was just interesting to, um, to be part of, you know, these, these product ideas or companies that I had never been even exposed to in the past. Mm-hmm. I think that that's really what I appreciated about that program. And, you know, again, there, while, you know, the program's mission is to, you know, commercialize these technologies, um, there's still a really kind of wide breadth of types of companies to go through the program. And yeah, I think that's what I really appreciate about it. And, you know, to this day, I try to stay in touch with uh, folks uh, who run the program and maybe some of the startups as well. And it's, yeah, it's, it's definitely, uh, I think, um, a, a jewel for uh, for solder to be hosting that uh, here. Mm-hmm. I think it's uh, the CDL West uh, mm-hmm. group, and I think you know, just excited, exciting to see that program keep expanding. You know, it's it's all across. Canada now into the U.S. and even parts of Europe as well. So yeah, I was yeah. Say, I saw it in the U.K. too. So that's mm-hmm. uh, that's awesome. And you went. It's a badge of honor to have even worked with uh, you know worked in the group mm-hmm. and to learn from it. Well, well, you know, let's let's talk about some of those learnings. So you presented to us a um, you called it what the new the new product development process the NPD. Um, maybe some of the learnings came from there. Can you can you tell us and maybe elaborate on on that uh, that process? Hmm. Yeah, so uh, really, we we started formulating this process, um, you know, early last summer, and, and kind of the goal there was to say, you know, how again, how can we replicate success, uh, you know, successful startups or successful product ideas, uh, and internally kind of catered for what we do at TT, right? So I think that was the interesting part for me is thinking about, you know, what are our strengths as a company, you know, why are we doing what we're doing, why do we want to go into product. Um, and really think about that first and then say, okay, well, how do we create a program or a process that allows us to do this, not just once, but to be able to do this, you know, maybe once a year and then maybe once a quarter even uh, for new products as well. Um, and yeah, I mean, that process was just a combination of, yeah, things I've been exposed to through uh, different programs, uh, best practices, um, you know, for creativity, innovation, ideation, um, 
And, you know, we spent, I think, a number of months there. You know, I think for us also the exciting thing last year was we spent the time creating that process uh, mm -hmm. and then also simultaneously running the process internally to kind of understand, you know, is it working? Is it not working? What do we need to change? Uh, does it need to be faster or slower? Um, and it's, again, everything from, um, you know, again, ideation. Uh, and part of that big ideation process is, you know, design thinking uh, workshops around the ideas, uh, validation around the ideas. So talking, you know, getting out there and talking to the customer, I think was really uh, a key part of that process, which, you know, obviously all startups do, but we really emphasize that is let's talk and let's understand these problems first. Uh, and once we did that, you know, that was, I'd say, more of the focus uh, for us as like more of a business, let's say, or, or product team. We didn't really start developing anything for quite a while. And I, I think that was kind of the, the, the biggest uh, thing I was trying to introduce to the TTT. While we're, you know, while we're excellent at developing software products, we shouldn't just do that first when we have an idea, right? Like, let's go out there. Let's do the business validation. Let's do the design thinking workshops. Let's, uh, you know, create mock-ups and, and, you know, talk to our customers a lot more about those mock-ups or potential customers um, about those as well before we actually, uh, you know, actually start writing a line of code. And I think that was probably my biggest takeaway is like dig into the problem, you know, create a process around that so that we don't uh, mess that up uh, before we actually ever start coding. And I think that, that was probably my biggest yeah, takeaway and contribution to that. Well, that's really cool. I mean, I, I got to say, I got to reflect a little bit. You said, um, you know, talk, talk to the customers or talk to the users as all startups do, but I would argue not enough startups do. And, and I, yeah. I would actually like to reflect on the fact that you made that so paramount to the mission to really mm -hmm. understand it, but also to say, hey, you know, I mean, one problem I find with technology businesses is sometimes technology is way too cool and you focus on that. But the thing that I loved is you always brought it back to, okay, forget about the technology. The technology is really just a leverage. It's, 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 just, a, it's just a tool. What's the problem you're trying to solve? And let's figure out the problem. Let's own that problem. Talk to the users talk, or talk to the potential customers and then work that problem through so we really understand it better. And then we can start understanding the features and all the ideation and all those stages, yeah. which, uh, which I think um, you know, sure. is, is, is really bang on great way of looking at it. Um, yeah. Well, And I think one other yeah. thing for us, Sorry, just to quickly comment mm -hmm. as well. Like one other thing for us was that, you know, again, we weren't married to a certain idea uh, too early on, or we tried to kind of, I don't say postpone mm -hmm. that, but we were, we were looking at a number of problems and even through our validation stage had talked to, you know, again, uh, everything from people in marketing to uh, lawyers, because we were looking at some, uh, you know, uh, legal related uh, potential mm -hmm. problems to, to dive into. Um, so even just the, when we, when I started thinking about, that as well it was we really tried to stay away like you said from just um you know zooming in too much onto one thing especially early on in the process and just keep an open mind and also kind of be ready to cut ideas like it wasn't it wasn't like you know we weren't trying to be uh especially in that early stage just like hyper focused on technology or solution or oh we want to use ar to do this or you know what have. it was it was all about um you know the problem the user uh, and kind of having that that willingness to experiment and the willingness to you know kind of cut uh, ideas and, and problems that were were really kind of coming together the way we wanted. 
Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, and again, this was this was because we're trying to not just develop a product, but also the process, right? Which makes it, which I mean, it, it compounds the complications because you're trying to you're trying to iron out two things at once. I mean, one kind of hands you the other, but at the same time, like, okay, now how do we optimize it? How do we how do we you know for the next gen? Well, you know what? Let's not talk about next gen because I'm pretty excited about the next launch, um, the next product. Tell me, you know what? I'm not even going to say the words. Tell me what the product is and what it does. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, the, where we've landed really mm-hmm. this process and, and where we are today uh, was with the product called Shop Studio Live. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, so this is this came up, up through uh, parts of our new product development process and we built it through there. And what Shop Studio Live uh, does and why it exists, let's say, is it's there to help e commerce merchants build that trust uh, with their shoppers uh, online. Really, that that's kind of a part of the uh, thing that we want to do. So, it's really all about trust and authenticity. Uh, when people are out there trying to buy things from online stores and, and thinking about, you know, now Shopify, for example, has 1.6 million uh, merchants. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, some of them are very established and legitimate, but there's kind of this middle ground of people who want to sell products and want to build that trust, but people come to their website and aren't really sure, uh, you know, if they can trust that that product or that that uh, e-commerce store. And what we really focus on, on with Shop Studio Live is how do we combine you know, aspects of live streaming that we see on things like Twitch and Instagram Live and Facebook Live mm-hmm. and really bring it to these online stores. Um, and, you know, we said, you know, what's the, when I say bring it to the online store, it was let's put it in the online store. Let's not, let's not put in too many layers. Let's not link this separately in a third party platform or what have you. Let's enable merchants that want to do this and want to essentially sit in their online store uh, to do that through live stream. And so essentially what we've built is a Shopify uh, application that allows us to any, any of those you know, 1.6 million merchants to live stream directly in their online store, engage with their customers through live chat and essentially highlight products. And they can, again, choose to do that through, you know, they can sit there for a number of hours every day if they, if they feel like they're getting that engagement, or they can have events and actually plan events, schedule events, promote those events and have, you know, a half hour or an hour where customers, you know, they're pushing traffic to the website, bringing customers in, uh, you know, building that trust. And ultimately, again, you know, the thing we talked to, to our merchants about is, you know, let's let's take that type of trust uh, and authenticity that you're building in a live stream and transforming that into uh, revenues and sales in your online store. Mm-hmm. Well, um, and that's what we built, yeah, essentially. Well, and and I'm super excited because it will be launching. Yeah. I mean, it was just pushed pushed to the App Store. Was it yesterday? Today? That's it's. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So launching soon, probably in the next, um, you know, I would say a couple of weeks. Uh, Very as we cool. Kind of get through that that app review process, but yeah, really excited mm-hmm. to be yeah at Shopify and and really dip our toes into the Shopify ecosystem as well. Oh, very cool. Now, one thing that I think was really interesting is the fact that you said, you know, we're bringing it to the market that already exists. And I think this is this is a key feature is the fact that instead of, you know, we could build um, live, you know, live uh, commerce tools for a website, like, hey, Lululemon, hey, we've got a website, you know, you've got a website, we'll build the tools for you, you can do it. Great, but that's a one off. Okay, not super interesting for us, we could build it and then have you already have a Shopify store. And then you're basically mirroring the store, um, you know, because we provide a storefront. Uh, I don't think the values are. How did you in the process come up with the realization that, hey, we should be building this within Shopify's uh, domain already? Yeah, so I mean, part of it for us, like you said, was just access, being able to access that many merchants in a way on day one, right? Like 
you know, again, obviously we still have to find them and talk to them and, and what have you, but, you know, actually just telling someone that, hey, you can install this app with a click of a button and integrate it now in your store uh, is a much uh, stronger value proposition than ask them to, you know, uh, input code into their website and what have you. So it's all run and we've embedded everything into Shopify. So it actually looks as seamless as possible through the shop in the Shopify platform itself. Uh, and then the other thing, yeah, was as we talk to more and more merchants, you know, people are usually hesitant to change too much of, let's say, their process. Um, and what we heard from a lot of people is, you know, they're starting to do, and, and again, especially at the early days of COVID, there was a surge in um, people doing uh, Instagram live sessions because they're trying to just find more ways to engage with their customers. They're just sitting at home. Um, and as we started talking about, you know, well, how are you using, how has your marketing changed since COVID started? How, you know, what have you been doing? And kind of hearing more about people uh, live streaming more frequently uh, and more often, there was that, that gap between say, them saying, you know, well, we're doing it, but it doesn't really have an impact on our business. It's just kind of this top of funnel thing that's maybe happening on Instagram. More people are maybe engaging with us, uh, but not really converting. Um, and then ultimately saying, well, how about we bring this to the website where people are already in that maybe middle of funnel consideration stage. They already heard about your brand. They've clicked on, you know, the link to come to your website mm -hmm. and now are there. And now, you know, if they see that live stream there, you might have fewer viewers, you know, on Instagram, you might have, you know, 300 viewers, but on your website, you might have like 50, but ultimately those 50 are people who are already looking and browsing and, and want to buy something. If you can kind of bump up that conversion rate on that website. Uh, it, it would be much more impactful on that bottom of line, uh, bottom of funnel and kind of bottom line for the merchant. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and then as we start talking to merchants about this and kind of, the, we had, you know, different, you know, uh, uh, ideas around what we could propose. And, you know, really that, that's the, really the one that stuck with most merchants that we spoke with was, yeah, like if, if, if you know, if it's possible to do a video on, on my store, then let's, like, let's figure out a way to do it. And um, yeah, it, it sounds simple, but yeah, it's taken us a couple of months to, 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 to figure out and yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's coming along. It's come along very nicely. I think. Yeah. It, it really has. And I applaud you, you and you and the team for getting it there. Um, well, you know what? I remember the first time I shot, I saw live commerce and it made me go, holy crap, why does this not exist? Um, my, you know, I, I spent a lot of time in the Korean world, my wife's Korean, um, and I got to see this this Korean app that was it's like a, we'll call it like a, um, I don't know, like a night market fun um, shopping channel that's private. Like, you know, you can do it for yourself. And everyone that I showed would go, holy crap, that's so cool. That's the future of, of, of that's the future of commerce. But you know, and in China, I mean, you hear about these huge transactions, you know, the, the monster um, sales and, the, the, you know, it's a mature um, industry. Why hasn't it been as mature or has been forthcoming um, in North America yet? Any any thoughts around that? Uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's definitely an interesting question. I think, you know, thinking about that that interaction and, and you know, it might just not be as... Uh, maybe natural for that merchant persona, let's say, like the person who maybe runs that business or runs that Shopify store in, let's say, Canada or the U.S. is maybe thinking much more about the business um, itself and maybe more traditional marketing than kind of thinking of themselves as like a, a creator, right? Or even mm -hmm. thinking about hiring, you know, a creator influencer to put their, their product. Mm -hmm. um, I think, yeah, for us, it's really going to be about finding those merchants, you know, again, at the start, especially, um, that they themselves, you know, represent their brand, that they themselves are like a micro influencer, maybe in their industry and, and want to engage. Uh, but yeah, I mean, ultimately the ultimate scenario is we, we'd love to get to a place where this is 
you know, uh, any average Joe can, you know, go on their phone and, uh, you know, maybe integrate a product from some kind of uh, backend commerce and just go live. Uh, but I think right now, kind of our focus or what we're seeing more is maybe uh, just the merchants themselves are kind of different or have a different type of personality. Uh, mm -hmm. And we're really trying to cater our product, at least at the start, to, to those merchants here uh, that, that we've, we've been exposed to. Let's see. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, I think there's such a huge up, up, upside in the sense of, I mean, there's two. You can A, talk about the product live and, and, and build trust. You know, mm -hmm. like, hey, do you have small? Yes. You know, I'm a... I'm, I'm six foot three, da, da, da. Look what it's like on me when I can showcase it, right? Probably small would be a little small on me, but you, you know what I mean? So you yeah. can build trust. I mean, I bought my daughter a wonderful raccoon shirt a couple of days ago. Uh, she's 15. It was her birthday. Um, but it, the one that came was not what I was expecting. Um, and you know what? That would have been a problem to solve if they could have just showed me what the sample looks like right there. But also, I want to buy from people that share the story. Like, I want to believe in their story of the product. I, You know, a, a product to me is as much that the feeling I get from where it came from, the story behind it, the, the you know, the, 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 there's so much to it. You know, it's even something as simple as a T-shirt. I, I, I want the artist to tell me why, what, what made you think it was a great idea to put a raccoon on here, you know, like this. <laughs> And I think to have that opportunity to create a bond with 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 the with the brand is super super interesting, and and I'm excited about uh, you know trying to let these people tell the story. And, and yeah, the idea I mean, hopefully, is that you know you have these shoppers that when they feel like they've built this relationship, they also come back as well. And whether they come back when you're not live streaming or they come back, you know, for every live stream because you're maybe an entertaining personality as well to to kind of uh, shop with. Uh, mm -hmm. I think that'll be kind of an inter interesting way to see. And I think, you know, again, I think at the start, the reality is it's not going to be for every merchant. It's going to be really for those merchants that, yeah, like you said, want to tell the story that, uh, that feel maybe more comfortable in front of a camera that, you know, are willing to, to, to put in the effort to do this. But I also think the, the, the reality of it and what some of the numbers are already telling us uh, from around the world is that, you know, even merchants who are hesitant might switch their, you know, change their mind. And I'd say primarily because, you know, if the boost in your conversion rate is substantial, mm -hmm. uh, you know, during your live stream, then it's like, you don't kind of have an excuse to not do it. Uh, you know, we're hearing, you know, if conversion rates doubling, tripling, quadrupling uh, during a live stream, because yeah, like if I'm going to go buy something and I see the person there, you know, like you're saying, like you have this trust, you have this, this, there's a person behind this online, like this website, mm -hmm. uh, it feels a lot more real. There are a lot more human, you know, I, I love talking about like how we were really trying to humanize uh, these online connections. Um, and I think, you know, what, what I'm hoping to see, and I think what we're starting to see across the world is that once these data points um, about, you know, how this will benefit a business as well come to, 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 to light, uh, it'll just become hopefully more of a mainstream marketing strategy. And just part of your marketing strategy is, you know, Facebook ads and, uh, you know, and uh, a newsletter and SMS email and live streaming and that becomes something you plan for and you do on a weekly basis or a daily basis or what have you. And, and, you know, that's what we'd love to see uh, happen in the industry. Yeah. And, and, and uh, you know what, I'm, 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 I mean, obviously I'm bought in, but, uh, but when you see what's happening mm -hmm. in China and in Asia and you see that, I mean, it's a whole new category of tax bracket right. um, is live streamer. And, you know, because there's so many of them and also um, in, in, in China where they, 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 they recognize, you know, there's, um, well, there's just there's just huge value that that we're mm -hmm. we're missing here, and I I hope that you know we get to be the floodgates to really to really showcase that. Well, um, mm -hmm. tell you what, what's 
the pandemic. I mean, obviously that's helped, uh, you know, those who are probably shop or being, you know, a little bit more from home. I mean, if this is a side hustle, cause I'm sure a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of side hustles out there and, and, and a nice thing about side hustle is you usually do it because you're interested in it. You know, do you think mm-hmm. that is a really interesting opportunity for those people who have a side hustle that maybe have a story to tell? Do you, do you think that's a, a huge market we could be yeah. talking to? Yeah, no, hundred percent. I mean, again, I think, the, again, when you think about it too, like the, the, because we're relying on Shopify, we are looking at that, uh, you know, small, medium, potentially large, but really the small, medium merchants, right? The merchants who are either doing this as a side hustle, the merchants who, you know, again, I spoke to someone um, who has a full-time job and her husband run a business on the side, uh, essentially selling men's hair care products. And it's all homemade. They make it, you know, in their cool. garage, essentially, and then they sell it, but it's all very premium. Uh, but there's, it's their side gig. And, and um, you know, part of the conversation was, oh, well, what if I actually just live stream when we make the product in our garage and I could set up my phone That's and awesome. you know, we're making the products probably for two hours on the weekend or three hours on the weekend, just to show, you know, what we're doing. And then maybe we do another live stream to actually sell the product and, you know, or like, you know, promote the product. Um, and so I think there's kind of that, that kind of, um, you know, small and medium merchants that, that really aren't really sure where to to get, I don't want to say get their sales, but even ramp up their sales. Maybe they're getting kind of this like drip, drip, drip. But you know, how do we actually help them um, kind of get to the next level? And I think you know, definitely live streaming can be a big part of that. And like I said, especially in the early days when people, uh, the merchants themselves, either have a story to tell or have a, a certain type of personality that they really, you know, that links them to their product or uh, yeah, that, that kind of urges people to buy uh, online. So uh, yeah, really excited to bring it in there again with Shopify. It's the perfect, I think, ecosystem. Uh, again, obviously a Canadian company, so so we love them a bit. But uh, you know, again, like just perfect ecosystem that supports that. I mean, there are other other e-commerce platforms are either a lot larger and, and tend to have you know, much more bigger enterprise uh, customers that this would be a lot maybe more uh, work convincing. Uh, and then there's other platforms that are a lot smaller and maybe have people that aren't really that committed, let's say, to to their e-commerce business. They're kind of just playing around with it. I think Shopify is that perfect uh, kind of a medium type of partner. Sure. Sure. Well, what's, what's, I mean, what's the next, I mean, for the, you've, you've, we launched this, you're supporting it. It's awesome. You know, we were already hiring a team around it. Um, Fantastic. What's the next steps for the innovation department uh, at that point? Yeah, no, unless, like I said earlier, really, I mean, ideally we want to be able to do this type of thing, uh, uh, you know, better and faster and kind of uh, learn from, you know, every, every product that we built. Uh, so yeah, mm-hmm. like you said, with Shop Studio Live, you know, we're coming close to uh, we're launching. We want to build a team around it that can sustain mm-hmm. this product and grow this product. Uh, and in the meantime, we'll be kind of back, going back to our new product development process, uh, you know, engaging with our staff to think about new pro- problems that start tackling um, and really kind of uh, do another cycle of the new product development process. I think for me personally, my, my, challenge, my challenge this time is to see if we can do it uh, do things faster. So both the actual process of the ideations at the ideation mm-hmm. stage before we even start coding. And then even the, the MVP itself, you know, how can we take this from a process that's, that takes, you know, five or six months to maybe a, a process or an experiment that we can do in two or three months and really kind of do these faster iterations. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that's, that's what I'm really kind of excited about and looking forward to in, uh, this summer and into the fall. Very, very cool. Okay. So the yeah. theme 
of afternoon tea, of course, is to, you know, talk to amazing entrepreneurs like yourself and to get, you know, to get prepared for the next generation, the next generation of startups. So what good advice could you give to a young entrepreneur about to start out? What's, what's, what's the Ammer advice that'll help them along the way? Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, like my, my biggest one, which I, I'm sure is, is again, pretty common is, is just the, that problem. Focus on the problem uh, itself and, and try to, you know, look at the problem solution pair. So again, as you start thinking about solutions, you know, constantly revisiting, like, is this, is this going to fulfill the need? Is it going to fulfill the need? And I think the only way you can do that is you're constantly talking to customers. Um, I would say in the early stages, maybe again, a little less so when we started to be heads down with, uh, uh, with the actual product development, but definitely in the earlier stages, it was almost a daily kind of ritual where I had to reach out to someone or I had to do an interview with, you know, whether it's a merchant or a shopper to talk to them. And I think that that is really important. Just talk to your customer, focus on the problem. When you start having an idea about the solution, start, you know, dripping uh, hints about mm-hmm. this, bringing in hints about the solution. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that, that's, I think, the, definitely it. Focus that- on the problem. That is that is great advice. And you know what? I'm just gonna I'm gonna hit you guys with one thing I've learned from Amber as well. Okay. That Amber might not talk about this one, but there's one thing that he does that shocks and surprises. Well, we're not shocked or surprised anymore, but we we're we're humbled by it. And that is when you give a presentation, you have 50 slides on top of the 10 slides that you have in your appendix that are always ready to go, should that question be asked? And I've seen these presentations where they say, oh, well, what about this? And you're always like, well, thank you for asking. And you show that slide and you look so damn professional. Like if I was an investor, I'm like, I would put money into you right now because you have thought through all the problems and we see that. So I would think about, you know, especially when you're pitching, do Mm -hmm. the Amber style. Think about what are people probably going to ask me and wow them with those additional slides. Where did you learn that? mom always made you prepare like where did you get that i mean yeah i think it's just a combination right like i think yeah that that needs to feel like i'm always prepared or you know not wanting to get asked questions that i don't know the answer to so i guess the big thing for me is yeah like an appendix is just a natural part of a of a slide deck uh and it's it just grows i think as we get questions so you know let's say i do get asked a question that i don't have something prepared for you know those questions that i get asked become part of uh that appendix and you know, again, I'm, I'm really looking forward to start talking more and more about Shop Studio Life across the community. You know, mm-hmm. We're starting to, to do some, pit, you know, join some pitch events and community events to talk more about the product. Um, and, you know, exactly that, as we get questions in those events, those now start becoming part of the appendix, especially if it's like an engaging thing that we want to bring up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and just kind of built that, uh, that, that backlog, essentially, of, of uh, you know, every possible answer. <laughs> It's an awesome strategy. It's an awesome strategy. I mean, I'll, I, again, you know, you, you, you pitched with, with Amanda AI at one event and people were pretty critical at that event, not of you, but of like, of all the, yeah, yeah. all the startups. And you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you know, yay from all yeah, the things. Yeah. And <laughs> just because of how prepared you were and you look prepared and, and you know, I, for young entrepreneurs take this as a great lesson because you can, by looking prepared, you look like you're ready to deal with people's money in a very responsible way. And I think that really buys a lot of confidence in you. And I have a lot of confidence in, in, in everything that Amber does. So, well, Amber, thank you. Um, you know, not only for joining us today, but also for, for allowing me over the two years we've worked together to learn about all these amazing ways of looking at problems and solving it with features and solutions and ideating through it. And I am so excited about what you and the team have created. And I can't wait to get that launching. So, so thank you for, for everything yeah. on that front. 
Thank you. You know, again, it's been an absolute pleasure kind of doing what I do. And, uh, you know, again, you guys are giving me the platform essentially to do that, you know, being part of DT to actually do all the things, all the work we kind of, we do and uh, be part of the team here that that's uh, just been fantastic to work with. And, and the support we've been getting is just awesome internally. And then, you know, we just, it's just been a phenomenal experience is what I'll say on my end as well. So thank you for that. Oh, cool. I, I just can't wait to shop studio live when people see it and just go, wow, that's what it does. That is yeah. what <laughs> it does. Excellent. Okay. Well, Emmer, thank you so much. Ahoy, afternoon tea listeners. If you got this far, I assume you like this episode, and that is awesome. Thank you. In such a case, please rate and review Afternoon Tea Podcast and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your feeds from. Afternoon Tea is a podcast with a goal to share the stories of Canada's successful tech entrepreneurs in order to prepare the next wave of founders. We do have some great guests lined up for future episodes, but we would love to hear your thoughts too. Please do let us know who you think should be on the show. You can do so by emailing me at podcast at ttt.studio. That is P-O-D-C-A-S-T at TTT, that is three T's, dot studio. You will notice there is no dot com because we are that sophisticated. Furthermore, you can find us at social media at TTT underscore studios. I look forward to chatting with you soon.